Today's episode of The Mask Man Show is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor and the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling sports and music tickets. SeatGeek makes buying tickets on your phone a total snap. With just two taps, you can instantly buy tickets to an event the same day, have your tickets delivered straight to your phone, and enter the event without ever having to print a ticket. And if you can't go to a game or show, you can sell your tickets directly from the app in less than 30 seconds. With SeatGeek, there's no guesswork. You'll know exactly where you're sitting, what you'll pay, and whether or not you're getting a good deal all right from your phone. So drop your old ticket app and experience buying and selling tickets the way it should be. To start using SeatGeek, download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. I also wanted to mention that The Ringer now has merch. Go to uh, bit.ly.com slash ringermerch where you can find shirts and hoodies. They're really comfortable and really beautiful. A portion of the proceeds from each purchase will benefit Charity Water, which is a nonprofit organization that benefits, sorry, Charity Water, which is a nonprofit organization that provides clean and safe drinking water to people in developing nations. Again, go now to bitly.com slash ringer merch. Welcome to the Masked Man Show on Channel 33. This is the first time I've actually said, no, the second time I've said the name of the show out loud. Uh, last time I said it, but uh, I thought I was going to get it beeped again. Uh, I'm joined here today by Any Given Wednesday's Joel Solomon, by Latoya Ferguson of the AV Club, and at the end of the episode, a very special appearance by um, the best wrestler in the world today, The Miz. Stay tuned for that. Before we get to him, though, Latoya... Joel, let's talk about the draft. Cannot wait. And not only do we have it coming up, but it's like they're taking it really seriously. This is it is. I mean, there's rules. They've released rules. Uh, who's eligible? Who's not eligible? And uh, and and the McMahon's. The McMahon's. The McMahon's are the big thing, right? Yeah. Between the the mock draft online, all the rules they're putting out there, and you can just see online the way that like the way that people are like taking like mock draft seriously, we're going to get into our own little mock drafting later on. Um, but you can, you could definitely get the vibe that WWE wants this to be a moment. Also building a brand. So whereas, you know, Raw and SmackDown, you in, in, in past drafts, people, well, I've seen them on SmackDown. I've seen them on Raw. Mm -hmm. Now we're building who, who's going to be on this new uh, Tuesday night brand. And how is it going to be new and different really? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's you you so we I talked about this some last week, but you saw on Raw last week that that uh, they were walking this really fine line between making it seem like SmackDown is the most the new SmackDown show is more important than WrestleMania one, but also saying that like it's not more important than Raw. You know, they're they're trying really hard to make us believe because like like Shane and Steph were arguing over who got SmackDown for the past few weeks, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't even about Raw. It was like I really want like SmackDown was the crown jewel, and then. On then, but then you know when they're finally when they finally give SmackDown to Shane, they have to equivocate a little bit and be like, "But Raw is still the flagship, you know, like Raw is still three hours, and the draft rules are skewed in Raw's benefit." And okay, let's take a break before we talk about You're, the draft. You are very excited. I am. This is a big. It's a. This is. I've been. I've been begging for a brand split for for ages. But the most. But inherent in my begging was that I wanted them to treat it like a real draft and make and treat the brand split like real sports mm -hmm. and so, and like just because that's the biggest part of the sports world now is is trade rumors and like you know draft rumors it's like the the most important sports journalism right now is happening on twitter 
and not on you know major newspaper sites or anything. And that's what WWE needs to see. Anyway, we're going to get back to this. We Before we get too deep, there's a few things we need to touch on. Number one, uh, Brock Lesnar. Oof. <clears throat> Our greatest Latoya is is for the benefit of those listening at home. Latoya is wearing a Superman T-shirt, um, at, which is very poignant because all of our heroes are lost now. We there is no yeah. who who do we have to trust now that Brock Lesnar, who got all of the steroid passes in the world in my in my adult brain, just because I just thought he's the physical freak. He's the exception to every rule. If anybody can look like a jacked up 22 year old at the age of 38 it's Brock Lesnar and now it seems that he got dinged on one of his one of his very few one of his eight uh tests at leading up to UFC 200 there's no one left there's nobody you, left you i guess you <laughs> I'm, I'm your hero and Tate of course <laughs> yeah um man not a good month for UFC 200 i mean that is uh that was rough yeah, they, I mean Ariel Hawani, who's you know who's a, a, a friend of the show, friend of the ringer, has was tweeting right afterwards. They have to figure out an, a way. Like drug testing is necessary and it's good and everything, but they got to figure out a way that this stuff doesn't keep happening after the fact, right? For sure. It's like there must be some way to run tests more quickly and what. But but like Brock got this really conspicuous pass. Um, the four month right. Yeah, usually you have to you have to you can't you can't you have to be tested for four months. He got a pass because he was coming out of retirement. Um, but you know there were a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of UFC reporters who were saying, you know, clearly this was all he's been doing since WrestleMania is prepping for this match. So like, they they probably could have figured something out. It, it is it is funny how the Twitter reactions once the test comes out. Are, and again, we we have no idea what the substance was yet. I don't even know what's on that. List. We're not going to know right. unless right. he tells us. Right. I love how uh, you know U, UFC and and fans are like, oh, well, obviously, uh, look at him. Obviously, after the fact. No, but people I were think, saying that before the fight, and, right. I, and and I didn't even say anything. But like many people were coming to Brock's defense, which is like he's been drug tested so many times in his life, and he's always looked like he's always looked like a crazy CGI ogre. Like that's yeah. always been the case. So how does this happen? Where that he he's already produced three. He's he's turned over three tests. He said, "Look, I I passed these three tests. I passed five times in two weeks. So, but how? Like, I've never taken a drug test. How does that happen? Thank God, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how, how, so how does I that was saying happen? that with an unnamed other person, other uh, semi regular uh, co host on on the Masked Man show, uh, who was saying that he would never be employed, obviously, if he had to take drug tests because you know the, he smokes a lot of weed." You know what I mean, and that's, yeah. and I think that that would be. I think that that's that's pretty. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of people fall into that uh, category these days. You know, I mean, it's not. I don't want to go in some rant about like the morality of performance enhancing drugs, but like, you know, you're both professional writers. If you could take, like, if you're not already on Adderall or something of that sort, if there was something that came out that was just like low key, you know, upper that really helps you focus and write a whole lot better. Like every, we would all be on it. Like yep. it's not like if there was no bad, if there was no negative side effects, you know, if you, if it didn't mess with your normal brain function or workflow, like whatever, that's all that, that's an aside. I think it's uh, I think it's, it's, it's a bad look for UFC, although they already got their pay-per-view buys and who knows, they don't need to ever invite Brock back, I guess. Um, 
you know, the New York State Athletic Commission just came out. I'm reading this on Wrestling Inc., but I'm sure they I don't I'm not sure where they got it from. But the uh, but yeah, the new but New York State is going to let him right. wrestle at SummerSlam. Obviously, mm-hmm. this is not that big of a deal. Yeah. Which sort of underscores the more important, the more salient point about mm-hmm. WWE, which is that like, obviously we don't want our wrestling idols dying because they took you know horse steroids for five years and their hearts explode. But in an era of, in an era where the game in UFC and baseball and football and in the NBA is just not getting caught, it's not whether or not you're doing it. It's like how good your doctor is at like cycling you on and off. Does it really matter if professional wrestlers who are are doing PEDs? What does it does well, it affect you, Latoya? What what do you think? Does it does it affect your your interaction with the product? Because yeah, it is a case of you know just hiding it very well for the most part. But I kind of do feel like hey, it is that unfair advantage. Like these are you know human marvels in a way and i kind of like the idea that hey they could naturally get this way so it kind of cheapens it just a bit for me to know that they kind of cheated if you will you know it it does also i mean for we'll get in we're going to talk a little bit about the cruiserweight classic after this but there is the, the one sort of moral argument that i think holds some water is um is you know if it weren't for like who who is the who is the wrestling the the cliche of our life like in our entire lifetimes of someone who did too many like a lot of steroids and only Canseco? got over because of it who, no in oh, wrestling, oh, wrestling? <laughs> oh, but can we can talk still about still Canseco yeah right. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but yeah I mean if you know the the Ultimate Warrior maybe I don't know yeah maybe. someone like yeah. someone like the Ultimate Warrior like you know the argument is like if he doesn't if he doesn't have access to steroids or if, you know if he doesn't do the steroids mm-hmm. then. You know, maybe Bret Hart would have gotten that spot way back when. Or, like, maybe, and, and you know, who knows who's clean and who's not. Now, if there's not, you know, for every, I'm, I might, I can't, I'm not going to name any names, but for every, you know, big Papa Pump Scott Steiner that's on the WWE roster, that's what, that's a spot that, like, Will Ospreay isn't getting. Or, like, some of the, you know, some of the, the, the thinner it's, guys, the lighter guys, whatever. So that's the, right. that's the sort of, that's the argument that's sort of interesting. But that, that is true. You, you talk professional wrestling. Oh, well, it's not a level playing field anyway. But if you look at it through that lens. There's only yeah, so many it, roster spots. Right. And if they're going to go with someone who has the best look, even though they're like now, juiced out of their head. I know? caution everyone listening to this because, I mean, when you comment online or talk to your buddies, just because a dude is like skinny and a cruiserweight, that doesn't mean exactly. he's clean. Like it just be, I mean, it used to be the telltale sign was those, you know, Michelin man, like hyper water inflated muscles. If you, you know, look back at just anything from 1984 when like Ricky, the dragon steamboat had biceps the size of his waist, you know, there was like, that's, that was the old look. Now there's a lot of things that are on, you know, the Olympics, like no, no fly list or whatever that sure. like, regular dudes can go pick up at yeah. GNC and are taking all the time just to shred, mm-hmm. you know, like, like Dolph Ziggler, course, Dolph Ziggler looks like the most, I mean, he looks ridiculously cut, but like people, there's like, I, I wouldn't assume he's doing steroids because of the size of his muscles, mm-hmm. but he could be doing all kinds of stuff. Who the hell knows? You and know, of course this is hypothetical. We're not accusing anyone on the roster off the roster of being on no. performance enhancing drugs. But. No. And I mean, and, and honestly, Lesnar was jacked as hell, but did not have the body type of like the traditional steroid muscle head or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, like it's, anyway. Well, that, that, that's why I like that the WWE calls it the wellness policy. I think what they're really looking out for is, hey, let's not have any more, you know, blood yes. on our hands. And 
Whereas, you know, the UFC, that has to be a level playing field. That can't be a competitive advantage. That can't. And I mean, that's why there's a, a separate governing body that is taking these tests. I don't, yeah, I don't believe... but I think in the case of both companies, uh-huh. and I and I don't say this is necessarily as like I don't mean to like come off like a dick, or I'm not trying to like accuse anybody. You of anything. can, it's your show. But if but if uh, now that we've named the show, and I guess it is the, um, I mean, in both cases, the testing situations are public relations decisions, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like I guess for the UFC, there's a functional side of it, which is they had to be totally on the up and up to eventually get it cleared to fight in New York state. And like, what, I mean, there's like, there are, there are functional, uh, repercussions, but at the same time, it's like, you know, if they had everything going their way, would they be like subjecting themselves to tests? I mean, who knows, but probably, you know, that wasn't, that hasn't always been the case. And WWE, I think knows like they care about the welfare of their, of their competitors, but like to the extent that like the wellness policy has a name and it's on press releases and stuff like that's a PR move. And that's a good thing. Because a, you know, a company that's like just a such a purely capitalist enterprise like WWE needs like a lot of their a lot of their wor- bad impulses are balanced out by good PR decisions. You know, I mean that's how we get good things. Anyway, well, I, I'm sure Brock is gonna fight this, and you know he as he is, and you know what'll be interesting to see too is if WWE even you know I think I think they did release this, uh, like a, a statement, one sentence statement, yeah, or something like that, but. Yeah, it was a it was weird in an in an era of really comprehensive statements, you know, that we've been in of late. But if you know, it turns out Brock was popped, and rightfully so. It you know, I guess WWE would have to kind of suspend him too. I mean, no, I don't think think that they or no. My question is like, is this going to be the year basically of like wellness violations? Last year was the year of injuries. Is like this the new thing that's going to like kind of mess with everything that's a good question um if we're gonna look back on this is like the the well because you know the company is probably cleaner than it's ever been so that would be funny if like i mean that would be kind of ironic if they i don't know i mean there is a track record for them you know suspending people for like drug busts that happened even if they didn't fail a test Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but i don't think that like like here's the thing, Lesnar doesn't have to. The only way we find out what Lesnar did, I think it's, I think we know that it wasn't recreational drugs, but like we won't know specifically what popped him unless he tells us or someone associated with him tells us, or it leaks out somehow. Um, or Randy Orton tells us. Yeah. In, 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 oh, in like a up. in like a shoot promo. Yeah. Yeah, that could totally happen. <laughs> but the the point here is that like. There are lots of things that he could that could have that that he could have I mean, I assume there are many things that, that he uh you know, that could have caused that that test to be a fail or whatever that um that are presumably okay within the, the confines of the wellness policy. You know, I mean like they're not they don't have a specific banned substance listed and if the, or they might, but it but presumably there is there is something has the proper doctor's note yeah. or whatever. Well like like very specific, like like UFC just outlawed uh, what testosterone replacement therapy last year or something like that? Like it was okay before. Then with a doctor's note, presumably WWE would allow you to do that with a doctor's note too. Uh, if you know, if looking at any of the m- over forty members of the roster is any indication, or the you know front office too. But what a shame! <laughs> I mean, what a at the end of the day, what a, what a great story Lesnar was mm. still is, and y- you don't you didn't know maybe there is a future here with with. UFC another fight and now yeah. it's just I mean at the end of the day it's a it's a bummer for the fans and I think who I mean my god that guy needed steroids that guy really well you look at that fight 
and it seems like, yeah, like you would have loved to see a version of that fight where he didn't do something he, where he was clean. Mm. You know, because it seemed like he would, he had enough of a natural advantage that he probably could have handled it. He just but a lot of the, an but a lot of times that you take that stuff, you just do it for faster healing. You know, you, you tweak something during training, you you break something, and you're just trying to get back. And with wrestling, it's even worse. Anyway, we've talked enough about Brock Lesnar. Tate, Tate, Tate bet two hundred bucks on Lesnar. He was in Vegas when it happened. Do you feel good about keeping your bet? I, I mean, I mean, keeping your cat. You get you got your money. I already cashed out. You right. told me I'm fine, Shoemaker. All right. <laughs> well, let's hope so. Um, I did not place any money on this. Only 200 from Tate. He's a big, that's, that's a low Tate's bet. Tate's 23 him. years old. When I was 23, yeah. $200 was like $2 million. He's wearing just Jordans every day, this kid. Yeah. That's all the money I had, actually. Oh. So <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's talk briefly. Is it, was, was there anything else we need? Oh, the ESPYs. Do you have any SB thoughts? You 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 email me about this. Cena did I, a great job. I kind of think, and this is we didn't get a chance to talk about it. I, I honestly think this is between the ESPYs, such like a huge coming out party for him. I, yeah. I if this was wrestling, this is kind of seen as like pivot towards not necessarily one foot out the door, mm-hmm. but kind of one foot out the door. He I, has to host SNL this upcoming season, right? Like, yeah. I mean, he's he's got some movie. Like, if you were doing, I guess you don't. It depends on who else is in the movie, but and in, in you know he's in that movie that he's in the upcoming Tina Fey. Wait, isn't he? Isn't he was already, it, oh, he was already, already in happened, the Tina yeah. Fey. What's his next? What's his next star turn? Uh, what is his next thing? Uh, he has something else. I don't know. But, but um, he'll he'll never be the Rock, and we should never. No one will ever be the Rock. But to this was Cena like between Trainwreck, he uh, the, did an amazing job with yeah. the ESPYS. He's in, a, I think, a hefty commercial. He signed a American Grit and a, a deal with a, product, a major production company. Yeah. This is, I think, Cena saying, you know, it, I will always be with the WWE and Does I'll it? have a couple more runs, but this is now... The, you're, you're, you're starting to see him build who he is. It, it's not The Rock, but it's kind of like this Amer- uh, just, you know, American fun-loving... Yeah. He yeah. he went. I will say that his on my w on my draft board. Okay. He dropped a few spots because mm. because at some because you realize at some point you're, what you're drafting is like you're you're draft you're you're it's closer to drafting The Rock than drafting Sami Zayn as far as just like work like day like how much time he's going to spend there potentially in the future. Now there's nobody with a better work ethic than John Cena, but you do have to wonder. You know, are we looking at like a fifty-fifty schedule at some point? Well, I I, I think so it, because he isn't so demand. And when you see him do these turns outside WWE, like I love when people discover him, and mm-hmm. even people that were watching the ESPYS that uh, you might not be familiar. Yeah. He, or even in Trainwreck, my wife was like, John Cena was the best part. I had no idea. My mom texts me every time John Cena is like a co-host on the Today Show or whatever and she but she like I honestly think that if there's one thing that Cena has okay the two things that Cena has over the rock one is that he is I've been saying forever he's the guy in WWE that makes the guys you care about matter you know like he it's he's the only like yeah, and maybe and, and the Rock could theoretically do this, but if the Rock came back, well, he didn't and, do it with Rain, so you're already right. right. But if the <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if the Rock came back and just got beat up by Kevin Owens, it would see it would almost be too transparent. Like, oh, all they're doing is is using the Rock to get Kevin Owens over mm-hmm. Cena. Like, it's like he just works these good programs with young guys and makes them matter. So he has that. 
But also, I honestly think Cena does better is better with the mom demographic than than The Rock. Bold. That's a. I mean, the Rock. All those Today Show appearances now. If if, if the Rock just decided that all he wanted in the world was to be Kelly Ripa's co-host, the Rock would be the best in the world at it. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But Cena is sort of like that. That's sort of his perfect. Just like Steve Austin was born to be a podcaster, John Cena (laughs) might have been born to be Kelly Ripa's co-host. Like that's that's his perfect spot. Whereas the Rock is so exciting and just turn on the camera. That's what he does. He, He. you know, no matter what it is, I think with Cena, when you when people when you interact with him, and people always say he is the nicest guy. No one's no one's ever said Cena most electrifying man in yeah. showbiz, mm-hmm. but everyone says, "Oh, John Cena is the what? nicest nicest guy." Latoya, do you or your mom have any any feelings on John Cena? Uh, well, John Cena, the entertainer, the the the, <laughs> the show, the television host. I was gonna say, uh, as you're saying, it's like John Cena's coming out party, where like when people discover, you know, how fun John Cena is. Like I kind of feel a sense of pride, even after like years of booing him, basically, because I like I like John Cena the person, and like the John Cena we have now is he's like really entertaining, and it's just like good for you. I want to see you succeed. It's not like that bitterness there kind of was, you know, when The Rock left. Uh, like, yeah. See, I'm like, I want nothing but the best for him in his post-wrestling career. He's earned it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, as huge run in the WWE, won like every title and done everything I've asked of him. I'm actually excited now to see what he does outside of the ring. And I mean, the ESPYs, he really did look like a, a perfect host, even though, I mean, some of those suit choices uh, <laughs> weren't the best, but... He still looks funny in a suit. Yeah, it's so he's weird. He's so big. He's so big. like the Rock. The Rock can wear a suit and look like a million bucks, and Cena looks like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Like I've said, I've said it before. He's just too big in a weird way. Maybe he just needs. He just needs a better he's tailor. Very square. He needs to get out. He needs yeah. to get away from the Vince McMahon's tailor and get with the Rock's tailor. Like <laughs> that's that's the that's the yeah. that's the, what's at stake there. As for mom opinions, my mom doesn't really have an opinion too much on Cena, but she's very disappointed in Brock Lesnar. She adores Brock. Oh. She really? He's an adorable beast, yeah. He is. He is an adorable beast. Mm-hmm. That should be his new nickname. <laughs> um, let's talk, but we still got to get to the draft, but let's talk Cruiserweight Classic. Did you guys watch the first episode this week? Yes. I've watched I've watched some, yes. Yeah. And and it, it looks like these next round of matchups are what everyone wanted. These are like mm-hmm. no, there's it's, no cupcakes here. Uh, first of all, let's just establish that it is insane that this is happening. Yeah. On, WW, on the WWE Network. Also... I mean, we'll get there's I have a lot of questions about the WWE calendar right now. I guess when you're just stacking awesome stuff, there's nothing to complain about last. Let me not last night. This weekend was the first time where I've spent like, you know, upwards of 10 hours watching WWE stuff and 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 stuff on the network and not felt like I wish I was doing something else for a mm-hmm. second. There's just so much good stuff, you know, rewatching Raw and then you're watching the Cruiserweight Classic and you're catching up on all the stuff. And it's like, well, there's just different sorts of things that are keeping you interested and the draft is coming and I'm excited about it anyway. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I got, what were you going to say? Because now it's not until August 26th. Yeah. But, but it's just, it's weird that there's, it's weird that in one week we have the draft, the cruiserweight classic and the next pay-per-view, which I have forgotten what it's called. Wait, battleground. Yes. I thought battleground was the last one. So battle (laughs) battleground, the cruiserweight classic, uh, and the draft are all happening basically within the span of a week, and they're not really relevant to one another. Like, it's very strange that I was talking to somebody uh, who uh, sort of, I guess, sort of on the inside of WWE, trying to figure out why they're doing the draft like the week of the pay-per-view inst- instead of just either 
doing mm. it halfway between pay-per-views or doing it making the pay-per-view the draft or something. And I think the answer is just that the USA TV schedule operates independently of the raw, I mean, of the of the WWE pay-per-view schedule, and it's silly to think too deeply into it. They're they're like the NFL Network now. We've got yeah, we we have football every day of the week, and now it's true. So, but I don't mind when it, the, when you get something like the Cruiserweight Classic tossed on top. Yeah, this has been fun. Um, I'm just it, so happy to see people like the people that I've been watching on the Indies, or I've seen like at PWG. Yeah. They get to show the world how great they are. You're way more into that scene than I am. Tell me who you're most excited to see, whether or not, the, I mean, that was on the show this week or, or that's coming up. Oh, uh, I'm just Cedric Alexander. I love him so much. I don't understand how, you know, he hadn't broken out. And, and now I guess he's breaking out, really, you know? Yeah, man. I used to watch him at Ring of Honor shows at the Hammerstein and, and, uh, when he was, what, what was the tag team? The CNC Wrestling Factory? Yeah, like Caprice Coleman. Yeah. And I, I remember watching them and thinking, like, also Cedric was a little bit a little bit chubbier then. Yeah, he slimmed down for this. And, and it sort of had the look of a traditional tag team. Like, there's one guy who's good at wrestling and one guy who looks like a heavyweight wrestler, you know? And, and he was, the, and Cedric was the sort of better, you know, ring worker. Um, but man, he looks like, he looks really legit. Like and I got I got a couple of text messages about that match. Like people are really into Cedric Alexander, which I think is is really cool. Also, in those Ring of Honor days, he had some like they came up at like the best time for tag team wrestling. I mean, that's sort of when like the American Wolves were there, where like uh, every Future Shock, yeah, yeah, every tag team match just devolved into people kicking each other really hard in the chest, like legit strong style chest kicks, and it was. Um, it was just a pretty. It was great for the young people, the young teams coming up because they. That's how Cole and O'Reilly got to show off like early on, yeah. Yeah, uh, and that's. I mean, and they were. I mean, I, O'Reilly specifically was like part of that that crew backstage, mm-hmm. but like everybody. I mean, when 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 Alexander and Coleman got to start doing that stuff, it was just like, wow, I wasn't really expecting this from them, and it got. I don't know. It was it was a lot of fun. And, and watching it, like you, you guys are saying, sometimes it takes cruiserweights. For them to really put on their their show to be put in a ring with fellow cruiserweights, you yeah, know, it's tough with a guy maybe like a Bray Wyatt or a Big Show. Even though it, it looks wow, this is mm-hmm. impressive, it, you know, for them to really work, you know, it it, it takes being in the, in the ring. Yeah, it felt a lot of the matches felt very much like the like indie matches we've seen, partly because a lot of these guys have probably wrestled before. But there was just the matches were. Uh, very all very good and slightly. I mean, and you felt a lot more unfamiliarity between the between the parties that were wrestling. Like you, you, WWE sometimes doesn't get enough credit for just how comfortable the people in the ring, like the the ring workers, are together a lot of the time. You know, it makes the matches a subtle five percent better. That like you know, Dolph Ziggler and whoever Biggie have wrestled on a hundred house shows before they get in the ring on Raw. Dolph Ziggler and Kofi Kingston's Best of Two Thousand series. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I say I deliberately skipped that matchup for the, but yeah, you're 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 right. The only, um, the only way this could, I think, and and not wrong, but in a WWE way, is if Brian Kendrick won. That would be that like, you're not in for Brian Kendrick. Are, why are you guys? I, I are? like Brian Kendrick, but am, did I miss something? Did Brian Kendrick fall on hard times? Because they're really going with that like as his driving factor. He has a wrestling school. I love that. <laughs> I love that they're they're like sort of gimmicking this thing that they're like everybody gets to use their name, like their their established names, and or for the most part, are yeah. there a couple of renamed uh, people? Grand Metallic uh, was that beca- is Mascara Dorada, right? But that's mm-hmm. someone else owns that. Yeah, because that yeah, that's the whole um, Mexican system. But like most people are coming in using their indie names. 
Um, they're referencing real life stuff, like, but they're but they're still doing it in the sort of kayfabe way. Mm-hmm. The Brian Kendrick thing is really hazy. Davari's <laughs> uh, like brother came in and they kept referring to his brother as so, instead of Sean Davari as just Davari, mm-hmm. which was the strangest thing. <laughs> like, we understand that they share a last name. You can say his first name. It's not that weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just these like subtle ways that it's different. But going to what you were saying, I mean, the coolest thing about this whole thing, I mean, not the coolest thing, but one of them is Daniel Bryan being there and being incredibly good at color commentary, which is, you know, not always not a total shock, but kind of a shock. Um, and I mean, in a certain sense, I don't know if you watched the uh, they sort of did like a bracketology yeah. show bef- that in addition to it where they had a bunch of the talking heads and, and Triple H was there. Um, Canyon Seaman, who's one of the, I'm, I was shocked that he was on TV. I thought he was always going to be a behind the scenes guy, but one of the really like undersung heroes of the roster that we have now. Um, but they were on there talking about like what this meant, and they really kind of basically said this is, without saying it, like this is a, a tournament to see who gets to be Daniel Bryan. It, you know, I mean, that's sort of the unspoken, the unspoken subtext here well, my favorite part of uh those talking heads uh or actually was Corey graves bit when he was discussing uh champa versus gargano he's like i hope they both lose when they go one-on-one he's like i hope they both lose the match so. yeah it's well, funny well, there's a one joke he threw in the entire time what, what, and what and what is cool is i think whether it's triple h or daniel bryan or when it was cm punk in the past these are the guys that the wrestlers watch. These are the guys they admire, whether, you know, sometimes they might not admit it or not. And now here they are in uh, under a WWE umbrella. And I just remember years ago when you like, it was so taboo for WWE to even mention things. Like it was a Batista interview. I, I always like point out where like someone asked him about AJ Styles. who's like, I have no idea who that is. Like, I don't know if that's true, but like yeah. he, he made sure to say it. Well, it was a Batista. It might be true. <laughs> it might be. Um, yeah, I mean, but so, but like Cedric Alexander was great. Who who else looked really good this week? Were there? I don't. I'm trying to. I'm trying to pull up the. Uh, I thought. Huh? Hmm? Uh, oh no, go ahead. I sorry. thought Davari looked good, but but then he lost. Yeah, to Ho Ho. Yeah. Which, uh, as a comedy bang bang fan, it, like it takes like everything in my heart not to like say Ho Ho, like Ho Ho the evil elf. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I really want to. <laughs> um, yeah, Ho Ho Lun. I mean, it's a, it's also a very Lord of the Rings sounding name. Like, I mean, not Lord of the Rings, uh, uh, Game of Thrones. It's, he sounds like the giant, like one one or whatever. There's a lot of confuse Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. They'll come after you. There's also the weird thing that a lot of these guys are just like actually under NXT contract, and the, and then they have the like Brian Kendrick and uh, uh, um, who else is coming back for this one? Who, who uh, was Tajiri. the old t- oh Tajiri? Yeah, yeah. So there's there's some filler. I mean, I guess this could be a whole a big gimmick where Brian Kendrick comes out on top at the end or Tajiri. <laughs> That would be that would be the old WWE way of doing it. Um, but so I mean, but it looks like between uh, I mean, it looks like there's a few guys who are who are sort of already in pole position for the same. We'll watch it going forward. I don't I don't want to talk about the ending or anything. But um, but, but yeah, Tizawa, Akira Tozawa is like such a fan favorite. And, yeah, gorgeous um, match. Uh, Gulak Saber, obviously. Zack Saber Jr. is great. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of, there are a lot of opportunities here that they could really, I mean, they can... Noam Dar's, like, mm-hmm. 22. Yeah, and he's Great backstory. Great. There's a, which I one love, is he? Uh, Jack Gallagher, is, too. He's, he's great. Oh, Jack Gallagher. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Grand Metallic. Grand Metallic is already under contract. I mean, that was the word that came out this week, mm-hmm. or that has come out at some point. Oh, yeah, Noam Dar looks really good. Kota Ibushi. I think Kota Ibushi and Grand Metallic are the two that they've signed yeah. to officially to contracts. Um... Man, Cedric Alexander seems like kind of a sure thing. Um, 
Ho Ho Lun, I was not a big fan of based on the one week. Really. He looked. I was surprised that he went over, but he looked like. I mean, he he wrestled like a kid pretending to be a wrestler, which is not always bad. But um, let's see. Alejandro says or size. size they yeah. kept on they kept on pointing out that he lost like forty pounds to make the weight limit like the weight two cut. Weeks. But yeah. like I want to see this guy. I mean I I, I want to see that guy at full weight. Can't he just be a regular on the regular roster? <laughs> I mean he had some cool moves that he busted exactly. out. They should sign him too because I mean I think a lot of these guys are going to end up getting signed. Get oh, back, yeah. I was a big fan of Clement Petois or whatever. However you say, but yeah, he <laughs> as it sounded like they were sneezing every time he said it. it yeah, it, it got to a point where Brian he was, was just he's saying, an NXT like, guy, right? You. Like he's on the because. Think so. I don't know. He hasn't been on TV, but he. But a lot of the footage they showed of him oh. was much higher resolution than they were showing it. Like they were showing him working out, and it was like this. This is it footage like that exists. Performance center yeah, center. yeah. Uh, that was maybe I'm wrong, but that was just what I gathered from watching it. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, there's it was it was a whole lot of fun. Um, I can't believe Rich Swan's going to be on television on WWE television. Um, Drew Gulak's another one. There's a lot of. I mean. There's a, a lot of really, a lot of really interesting names on here. T.J. Perkins, you said. Yeah, yeah. Perkins. Yeah. he's good. Um, yeah, and Johnny Gargano is what, like, man. I mean, I, he's. A, I guess he, him being on the NXT roster makes him sort of a dark horse. You feel like this is going to be an excuse to put over one of the guys they just signed, but mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. Like it was. It's. Every time there's a new wrestling show, it's like my favorite wrestling show for about a month. But this was <laughs> this is seriously my favorite wrestling show this weekend. Um, it is, I mean, and it's you know like at NXT, some of these other guys really on that WWE roster, you just feel bad. Like they're just gonna get lost in the shuffle now. The guys that are like on the main roster, yeah. Yeah, of like a Sheamus or even a poor, Rusev. Or... Like honestly, poor Sheamus and Del Rio are already kind of feeling it right now, especially Sheamus. Well, I just I, well listen. We got this is this is a segue that I've been working on for several days. But there, there a lot of times guys like Sheamus and Del Rio just need you know they, they can fill to roles. Go to Lucha Underground. Yeah, is that what you're gonna say? Well, Del Rio's already been there. The, <laughs> and but Sheamus needs to go to New Japan. We yeah. Don't know. Oh my, he would be the world champion in like 45 minutes. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, what what the what they need? I mean, they fill they fill important roles um, when called upon. But what they need is the time is they need a, a they need space in their roster to work those roles. And starting on Tuesday with the WWE draft, there will be that space, right? I mean, presumably, yeah, there's there, supposed to be that space. Listen, when SmackDown existed, sort of when there was a hard brand split and the soft brand split, that's when people like Sheamus. Got the, cha- the 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 opportunity to be champion, and it was it's not. I mean, obviously, you know, I I will as a smark formally say that I'd rather Ziggler be champ than Sheamus, but you but there's going to be more space for someone like Sheamus in the mix. And I mean, I wouldn't prefer this version of Ziggler to be champ no. over Sheamus. And Sheamus, I've you know, is one of is the sort of person who works a lot better as a champion than he does as just like a rando like guy on the roster. Also, someone's going to have to be kind of the face of that show. I feel like whenever they've launched like. ECWs or you know some someone kind of takes takes mm-hmm. the reins and and, and runs. Uh, no pun intended. No, yeah, probably no pun intended because <laughs> all three of those guys will, I imagine, for the most part, like they're with Rob. But you know whether it's Styles or or, or who knows, like Charlotte, someone's gotta be mm-hmm. the kind of face that runs the yeah, place. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's totally true. I mean, you did a really good job of not mentioning Chris Benoit in that little uh, introduction there. Well, but, that was the wellness policy. I had to bite yeah. my tongue there. So. Um, but yeah, the uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I think that you know, I've been. I, I, I think. I think it's. I think we're just going to get like, um, you know, one of the members of the Shield is going to go to SmackDown. My guess is that they is that. I mean, I wouldn't. Well, uh, let me just say, I wouldn't be surprised if Dean Ambrose having the belt as a way to legitimize SmackDown for the first couple of weeks and also put the least favorite member of the Shield onto the B-Show. But Well, least favorite to people who aren't the fans, really. Yes. Oh, no, that's what I mean. The least <laughs> yeah. favored in-house. Yeah. I was going to also say, I think Dean and Seth are going to be on different brands. Like, yeah. I think, well, that's the way they're running house shows, and I think that's a pretty good indication. Mm -hmm. Dean Ambrose has been... I mean, a lot of the talk was before he got busted by the wellness policy was that they took the belt off Reigns because Dean Ambrose working the B shows had been out or had been drawing the same number of fans as Roman Reigns as the headliner of the A shows on the house. Which was supposed to be circuit. bigger, yeah. It, it's so weird how that belt can change people's perception. It really is. He, Dean Ambrose didn't change. Ro Roman Reigns didn't change. But you, when they put the belt on, yeah. it is strange. I don't, Roman you know what? Reigns I don't not like changing was the problem. Well, the, right. <laughs> well, yeah. But, I mean, the Roman Reigns gets Roman Reigns gets a lot of shit, and it's not. And it, most of it has nothing to do with him. Like he's gotten a lot better in the ring, but that's so that's so beside the point. Mm -hmm. Where like if we didn't come into this with the with the feeling that WWE was shoving him down our throats. I mean that's a WWE issue. That's not a. Yeah, that's let's not just a, put it in terms of like just acting in general. You could have a phenomenal actor, but with really shitty writing, you're not going to care about that character at all. Sure, but but okay. So as two fans, like other than Seth Rollins and I guess Kevin Owens, like who who do you really want to have the belt? Like who do you really? I think uh, Ambrose is just like I said about Sheamus. I mean I've said it before. Ambrose is another guy who the 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 difference between him being a main eventer and a mid carder is so significant. Mm -hmm. When he gets in the middle of the ring and a show-closing promo segment, knowing that he's in the mix for the title or he's the champion, it feels a little bit like Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, it feel the, you can feel the crowd reacting in a way that just is disproportionate to the nor like how normally we would view him. Mm -hmm. They he's, are just so attached to the guy. Yeah, he's been like on his A game lately just as the champ. Like it's Night and day, almost. Even though he hasn't really changed, but hey, he's doing less prop comedy than yeah. in previous pushes. <laughs> yeah, just slight less prop comedy. That's all he needed. Yeah, he's he's really really good, and you know, um, you could do. I mean, I guess I like. I in, on on some on the one hand, I like that that the heels JBL and Stephanie and whatever else are reacting to him so vehemently by like calling and saying he's just like he needs to. Get a haircut if he wants to be champion. Oh, on the other hand, I mean that thing that definitely sounded like a uh, Vince in the mic, like in the ear. Yeah, thing. like no, that was the first thing they ever the, mentioned. His on hair. the other hand, <laughs> I'd rather. Yeah, it would be it would be great if they weren't like running down your our champion just for the sake of like well, you know cheap, ga cheap giggles. Yeah, like tweaking Daniel Bryan jokes. No, <laughs> I know that's exactly what it is. It's like we've had an, we've we've it, that that didn't help anybody. You know, yeah. it did well, not. Daniel Bryan is a nerd, so we should talk about it ad nauseum. He doesn't own a TV, you guys. Oh well. Um. All right, so we, so we, so I have your top ten list. You guys came prepared with your top ten draft picks. I also for the for a piece that we're we're running on the ringer, uh, compiled to the top ten lists of um, Bill Simmons, the founder of the site, your boss and mine, 
And uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm saying that <laughs> I'm saying that to you, Joel, and not to people listening to this. But it's conceivable that he's your sort of boss too. D- did he <laughs> pick David Ortiz number one? Yes, All actually. Right. I had, I had, but then, but then WWE released the rules, so um, we had to we had to we had to edit that out. I got a top ten list from his son Ben, who is the biggest wrestling fan that I know. Got a top list from a uh, top ten from uh, Sam Donsky, who's a a ringer writer that everybody should be reading if they're not already. He has a great piece up today about um, about Kanye and Taylor Swift and that whole uh, that whole Snapchat situation. Um, I got and then I got lists from Steve Kazee and Dan Saint Germain, the great two, two of the great uh, co-hosts of the show. In addition to you guys, now I will say that the most um, surprising thing. Is that a lot of these lists look really similar, and I'm including and I'm including the little kid in the on this too. Um, there, Seth Rollins was was not the consensus number one, but I think you know if you if you start tallying it up, Seth Rollins is sort of the most undeniable person on the roster. I feel like he's the only number number one that would be like a clear cut, right? He's the only reason he's number two on my list is because I'm like I, I think Dean should be number one just because he's the champ. It, like in my notes, I have Dean Ambrose number one ch- champ next to it, and Seth Rollins number two crown jewel is what I put. Yeah, so. I think that you once you start making actual like logical decisions, then that's the only reason that these lists are very different at all. Uh-huh. You know, like I I know at some point on my list I started going well if I like I'm I'm basically fantasy booking. It's like well once I have these three guys, who is the fourth guy that I need? But that's not really once you start applying logical rules to these lists, they start going in different directions. But I think that Seth is. Uh, for for most people, um, you know, up there and definitely a top three on every list. He well, he's like your Adrian Peterson. If this was a fantasy football draft or whoever that big running back is that gets twenty five carries a game, that's Seth Rollins. I mean, there there is no other guy once he's off the board. And, I mean, there's other guys, but they're. There's only one Seth. Yeah, Rollins. the only way you pass on Seth is if you're hope you just you think for some crazy reason you're getting in with number three because like you want Seth Rollins on your roster. Yeah. There's the dude and the guy. <laughs> and only the, one the man. But there's, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it's, Rollins was number one on both both member both Simmons family members list. Um, he was number one on your list, Joel. And uh, let's see, number three on Dan's list. Number one on Steve's list. And number oh number three on Donsky's list. Donsky went really. I was really happy to see that he's a huge mark. Like I knew he was into wrestling, but Donsky went Kevin Owens with number one and AJ Styles at number two. Those are the two really interesting names, also that that will keep coming up. I'm I'm guessing that that Kevin Owens isn't going to be number two on the actual WWE draft on Tuesday. I think that he'll he'll be a top a high pick, but uh, you know they gotta they gotta keep him in his in his role a little bit. But Kevin Owens. Um, Kevin Owens and AJ Styles both made, considering where they would have been on a draft board a year ago, mm-hmm. both of those guys. It's shocking how high they landed on every draft board. Just in that context, what do you, what do you think about Latoya? What do you what do you think about those two guys and uh and and if they're if they're worth that sort of value? Well, uh, I put AJ as number four on my draft, and my note next to that is "Come on." Yeah. Like, <laughs> seriously, I feel. That with the the two being Dean Seth first ones, uh, I put three was Cena because he's still John Cena. Yeah. But like I think the next like logical step is like AJ Styles. Just listen to his reaction. Just see how quickly he's gained fans. Like I think he's 
he's phenomenal AJ Styles. That's like yeah. an obvious choice. It's crazy. It's crazy how quickly he got over. And then why well, I had it, I had AJ Styles at three hasn't even hit his ceiling yet. That's the most exactly. exciting thing. That's crazy. Yeah. Where did you have have him? I I I'm my list my I mean I've been moving around my list up to the point we started the show and it's and it's I can't I'm not even settled. I get I get the you benefit of me being change the, anything. No, because, <laughs> because I'm the host, I can change it right now. Uh, this it, he's sitting at number eight on my list. But like you said, mm-hmm. it like everything after I'll, I'll just I'll tell you my list as it stands right now. Everything beyond, I mean, top this is a the top ten is hard. It would almost it's like an NBA draft where it's where the whole lottery is loaded. But you I know? look I look at you as as Mel Kiper Jr. I look at you as Wojciechowski. I I I psyched myself I psyched myself out so many times doing this. Here's what I did. Seth Rollins number one because I think it's just it's really hard to make a case for anybody else. And there's and there's no knocks on Seth Rollins, right? I have John Cena drops dropped way down on my draft board to number nine because I because like as important as he I I don't want to have a show without John Cena, but as important as he is, I'm worried that he's gonna go to Hollywood. Like I think that's a concern, you know. Um, number two. I picked the New Day, and that's a total talent grab. WWE, according to WWE rules, teams can be drafted as a unit, and I think those three guys together are a. If if I was not allowed to ever split them up, they would be in my top ten, but much lower. That's, but that's just a savvy saber my, metric. Yeah. yeah, my note on New Day is just dollar signs. Yeah, I think <laughs> that I think that we should keep them together. But if we're just really talking about making smart draft picks, you know, I mean, it's like it's why you draft a seven foot dude just because there's there's a lot there's you know it's it's about bang for your buck. You know, there's there's it's it's a it's a decision. Um, it's it that makes just like strict numerical sense. There's Wait, can I can I actually ask you a question? Yeah. You do, but if they were, let's just say hypothetically, who how do you rank New Day? If I, I, I just Honestly, wanna... that was my only trepidation by putting them number two because I don't really know the answer to that. Like, I think that the move is is Biggie. Then he would be the number one now. I think that it's funny because I, I for a while I was like the my feeling was that the best the best outcome of a long new day. I mean, of just keeping the new day together and if, and if you split them up the right way, that, that is that Xavier Woods actually gets over as a singles wrestler because he's incredibly talented in a lot so of different ways. So good and so underrated. But I, but I think that I mean I've really come back around to Kofi Kingston over the past month or so, month and a half. I think that Kofi Kingston could. I think if if they were determined to do a, a new day breakup, or if you you know if you were the showrunner and you got to do it, I'm not saying that's what you should do. But if you did it right now, I think Kofi Kingston could be headlining on even on Raw, not even SmackDown, in two months. Just like break him up and have him win the whatever the resultant wars and put him in there with the champ. I mean, Kofi can Kofi can do that right now, and I think that that's really big. But it, it, whereas any, almost any other time, people want factions to break up and turn on each other. This is like the one. It is like no, ride this out. We can. We I can don't. Wait. I don't suggest they break up. I just think they should kind of do like the shield thing, where it's like you have just the t- two tag champions and you have like the singles star technically shoemaker just wants to see children cry apparently I think. He, he just wants to see kids crying that they they are fighting each other the n- new day yeah exactly no more positivity um no i think i think that's I, I mean listen kids crying is always something that's fun um and uh, we'll get to we'll get to Ben Simmons picks in a minute, but there, I'll just finish out mine. <laughs> After the new day, it's uh-huh. it became money where my mouth is territory. I've put Sasha Banks and Finn Balor over so many times that like they're that's number that's number three and four. Those are the two people on the roster that I think have upside 
rivaling that of John Cena. Mm-hmm. And I think, and so like it does, the, these are, these are, this is like drafting an 18 year old from like Belarus. I understand that, but like, or especially in the, in the put to put Finn Balor over Owens, uh, Ambrose, AJ and Cena is, is not, is crazy. But like this is me drafting my eighteen year old out of Belarus. You do not have to defend it. I'm I'm pretty much with you so far. Uh, and Sasha, I think I mean Sasha's incredible. Um, I think that you know it's it's a sort of it's it's just where you put like the one or two women that you that you pick in your top ten is uh, you know it's I don't want to say it's arbitrary, but like you're drafting against yourself when you're making your top ten. Exactly. So it's like at, at some point you're like it's not I'm not ranking. Sasha's the only woman on my list. Paige was in my first draft. Charlotte's in my top fifteen. But like, you know, I don't have. I'm not, have, I'm not ranking Sasha against any other women by putting her at number three. Yeah, my like my final draft picks. I think was like my third full like attempt at it. Like my first attempt, uh, I was telling you, it was between like Charlotte, Sasha, and Paige. And I think I had that. Like the women would have been four on my list. I'm my getting my first attempt. glance at Latoya's actual like handwritten notes <laughs> my, here. My insanity. Yeah, uh, this is crawls. yeah, this is some true detective shit over yeah, here. Like it's going crazy. My second run, Sasha was my fifth pick, and now, now at this final point, I have her at ninth, and I just feel awful. <laughs> Sasha was another pretty close to consensus like top five. What, what, I, on Shoemaker's list, I have a feeling that your guy in the green room, man, your Manzel Aaron Rodgers, just waiting back there. Reigns is just going to be waiting and waiting. <laughs> you're, and waiting. you're right. You're right. He's going to be waiting forever. I think it's going to be so, sad. Uh, I'm going to rush through the rest of these. I have Kevin Owens at six because there's no. He's too valuable to drop that far. Bray Wyatt, I have at seven just because it's a little, maybe a little bit of a stretch, but like he, I love him. I think he has all this upside in the world. Mm-hmm. He could be. He can be your Undertaker. He can be. I mean, depending on the size of the rest of your roster, he can be your. You know, your Kane, your monster, and he can. He's. He can be your. He could be your number one heel. He could be he could be your number one babyface if he's booked the right way. I think he has a lot of oper- a lot of potential there. Um, also, fans love dressing like him. Uh, nine. I mean, uh, wait, wait, which number is that? I don't even seven, know what I'm at. Seven at what? Six is Owens. Seven is Bray Wyatt. Oh wait, no, no, that's five is Owens. So I have my numbers are messed up. Five is Owens. Six is Bray. Uh, seven is Ambrose. Eight is AJ Styles. Hmm. Um, okay. And part of the AJ style, this is just crazy person calculus, but it's like, if I'm really drafting these people, if I have, if I have Finn at number four, why, does AJ really need to be number five? Like, they're a little bit du- duplicate, duplicative. Uh, you, you also took, I, I like that you, like you said, you put your money where your mouth is, took Sasha Banks over Charlotte and, yeah. and high, number three. Yeah. And then uh, I have Cena at nine and then 10. Honestly, I might, I might. Make, mm-hmm. I have to make my pick during the course of this show. I have Roman Reigns and Nakamura tied at number ten right now, wow. and like basically, ties. and basically, it's like, and I know, I'm, listen, I'm not, I'm not okaying this tie. I'm not saying everybody can do ties. Our copy editor actually fact checked or what it got got into this document and said, I don't think you can have a tie on a top ten list on a draft board. And so I would have had so many ties if that had been allowed. I was, I was about to text you. Can I have ties? You, you no, might but, have got but this is really a like a supplemental pick. Like really, I'm like it's crazy. All of the guys that I have that that are on the roster are absolute workhorses. With at number ten, I'm looking at Reigns and Nakamura and saying like one of these guys is basically going to be my number one heel. You know, like I don't like any roster could use Nakamura. Roman Reigns is sort of like. I mean, as much as people love to shit on him, he's really good, and he and he gets a big reaction from the crowd, even if it's them booing him. You know, I mean, that's really important. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know. So that's my top ten. I'm I'm confused. I'm I'm making a lot of really bad decisions, but you know, the draft is a really crazy time. Ambrose, I have a feeling, was low on people's list. Obviously. Yes, I mean, he got a lot of low picks, yeah. but I think that there's I think that I think that um he's got a lot to prove, you know? I mean I think that like one person who I I mean it's it's interesting to me how many times Finn Balor showed up on lists. Uh Enzo and Cass made a lot of big appearances. They weren't on my list at all. Mostly because I feel like both of them have a little bit more to prove. The other name that I think I don't know if he came up on anybody's list was Sami Zayn, which I think Sami Zayn is potentially a month away from being a top five guy. But like, it doesn't surprise me at all that he is not on anybody's list. Just because, like, I think on a previous draft board, I don't even remember what I did, but I've done these fake drafts for WWE. I put I would put Sami Zayn in in the top ten solely because you have El Generico in your back pocket. And I think that's like money, money like as, as far as the eye can see. But I didn't put him on my list this year because there's a lot of wait and see. Yeah, because I think also a lot of it is that if you have Kevin Owens on your list, you're like, well, I don't need Sami Zayn really. Like you, It's kind of like an either or. Uh, for me, I put uh, Owens 7. It was Owens or Cesaro basically as that guy's like this close to breaking through pretty much is how, how I looked at it. Yeah, so Owens made a big... I mean, Owens Owens did really, really well. Uh, Bill Simmons had Owens at number two. He was a little bit lower on Ben's list. Uh, Donsky, like I said, had Owens at number one. Steve Kazee had him at number three. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Owens is Owens is big. Is it, Owens even on your list, Joel? I did not put Owens. I did not put Ambrose. Wow. I'm sh- wow. I, 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 Again, you you had more time. You pressured me. I did. You pressured me. You like I need this I, in I five wanted you minutes. to make. I wanted. Like, I need this in five. Listen, if I gave everybody, yeah. if I gave everybody two weeks to make their top ten list, they would all be the same top ten list. This is, I mean, the, the same names were in the mix. But I tried to make mine as irrational as possible because, like, at some point, you're talking yourself into Seth Rollins at number one, and then, wow, does like then it then it's all about whether you know John Cena is number three. I mean, it all they're all going to look the same. I, I don't like that you undervalue people that can host a show for 15 minutes in ring interview shows i guess that's true i'm taking renee young as like a in like the 12th round so i'm gonna (laughs) be set there's no miz there's no jericho you i I think you're undervaluing hosting a uh an in in ring show um miz was my number 10 and it was it was between him rusev and randy and i'm like what's going to be better off just in terms of storyline driving and, and characterization. I'm like, Miz has it above both of them. The Miz, Miz, I wanted to get Miz on my list. Like I, like I thought that would be a great number 10. There were a couple of other, I mean, there were, there were a number of people I actually wanted. I, I was deterred. The Miz was going to be number 10. Then I thought triple H would be number 10. Although he seems to be not draft eligible. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I'm not making people stick to the rules that WWE put forward, but that was a good enough excuse to get him off my list. Um, because honestly, I think he's like one of the best, even though he wrestles twice a year, he's like one of the best wrestlers WWE well, that, has right now. And yeah, but had Shane drafted Triple H at 10, it is strange that some guys aren't eligible. Undertaker. Yeah. Under, yeah, for sure. Bellows. Joel, you had Undertaker as number 10 on your list, which I thought was a great grab. It, well, it would have been had he been eligible. <laughs> now I, I lost my pick out of stupidity. Um, but you got Finn Balor on there. So that, that, that makes things a little bit better. Yeah. Um, Brock Lesnar was a really interesting one because he wasn't on my list at all. I think that just when you're talking, I mean, like, he's such a big deal. But some of it's a little fantasy booking and some of it's just, you know, he's only working he's only working a few dates a year. And yeah. 
He just got busted for per PEDs. So but like, the, but that's why Sid is the only one like kind of part timer ish on my top ten because I'm like, yeah, I don't want to have to deal with the thought of like, well, how useful will they even be? To I the think you can make the case that Brock is number one regardless. This is why I want Shoemaker in our fantasy football draft because he would not take a guy like Brady or Le'Veon Bell because oh well they're out for four games. I don't want them, and now I get I I get Lesnar later. I get Lesnar at like six. And he's, he would have been a number one pick. Do you really think – I mean, I feel like Le'Veon Bell is just, like, the exact guy you don't take in your fantasy draft, if, in the first round, anyway. Oh, just man. the running backs. <laughs> See, you can never you be sure about running backs. <laughs> but I think Brock Lesnar is the same way. You can like, – he, he can be the – he's going to be – he's definitely the WWE MVP over the past two years. Um, I kind of just now want Shane to be, like, really inept at drafting. Be like, I want Brock Lesnar. I want Undertaker. Like, like, and he's like, says people who are I need injured. an announcer, Michael Cole. Well, when you go <laughs> back, when you go with Stone Cold Steve Austin, <laughs> did we watch the original draft the last time you were on yeah. the show? So you go back and watch that original draft, and it was like, there were a lot, it, it seemed like the drafting was being done based solely on the pop that saying the name would get, right? Right. Like, I think that, like, it's more likely that, like, Donald Trump will be drafted on Tuesday than Shinsuke Nakamura, you know, just because it's strictly from, like, Based on crowd reaction. When you, when you watch Cena get drafted on Raw in, where was it, St. Louis, I guess, yeah. 06, that pop was so big, it made me want, wait, where did it go wrong? At what point? Seriously? Dude, there are, there are so many moments. I know where exactly Cena... where it went wrong, uh-huh. because then he beat everyone's good. favorites. He beat Jericho. He beat Christian, like, at the height of his popularity, and Christian left, basically, because yeah. they wouldn't push him. They had to move him to SmackDown so they could try to like, cool him down because of the whole Cena that thing. That pop was... Enormous. But it was, but Cena got some big pops even after that. Like Cena was, Cena has been beloved. You know, what I mean, but like it was, it wasn't until, it wasn't until Punk or right before it that people like vocally turned on him. I, it might have been I Punk. Mean, yeah. Well, there's the WrestleMania against Triple H where uh, Jr. has talked oh, about yeah. you know, the traditional wrestling fans who are cheering for Triple H because mm. it's, it's Triple H. And like in that entire build up where Triple H is like, well, you can't wrestle, and everyone's like, well, he's constantly defeating all these clearly superior wrestlers. It was like kind of showing his weaknesses, you know? Yeah. Huh. This will be, it's going to be fun. This will be interesting. Who's coming, th- who's coming through that door? Um, That's a real, yeah. It, so who's going to have that like Undertaker, I'm, I'm too old for this shit reaction to being drafted somewhere. That's what I'm excited for. That's, that is the best one. It might be Undertaker again. <laughs> he's going to come <laughs> out and so just be like, like, damn it, we discussed the rules. He's reading the newspaper. Uh, that would be great if they just had like a camera on the Undertaker in his kitchen or whatever. Undertaker in his living room with like Michelle McCool on the couch next to him, yeah. and he gets picked and he does the exact same reaction that he did before. That was that would be that would make my day. Um, I mentioned that on when we had our last podcast and asked people to send me gifts of that and got like five thousand. That's a much it was a much more established gift than I was aware of. Um, so good. I will. Uh, I want to run through some of these other lists, and if you guys have any thoughts on these wrestlers and where where you rank them, jump in. Um, let's see. Bill's list was. I'm gonna say not. It wasn't. There wasn't a lot of surprises there. Rollins one, Owens two, Enzo and Cast three. Um, he has Charlotte on here at number six. Uh, you know, there's there's. I still think Sasha's going to get uh, drafted before Charlotte. And that's going to... Because you said this to me off the, before we started going. That's a good storyline contrivance, too. Yeah. Because Charlotte's like, the champ should be, obviously, drafted before. But, you know, the upside of Sasha Banks. Yeah. Where does Dana Brooke... Does Dana Brooke count as a valet? Does she get drafted with Charlotte? 
I don't think she does. I don't think yeah. she does. See, this well, would be good if you were if you were really good at being a wrestler. I mean, if you were <laughs> if if this was a real draft, what you would do is like form artificial tag teams with like your 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 arch rivals and your best buddies and then you would all get drafted together although even apparently lucha dragons don't count as a tag team for this draft and you're it's so you're weird right. that they would make that stipulation and just instead of just having shane only draft one of them or something yeah. to make and make it seem like a bold move um who were in bill's bottom five are there any any surprises any uh no he is the markiest bottom five ever it's charlotte new day john cena nakamura and balor um, Balor, Balor came in at, Balor's a good, a, a solid number 10 pick. That, that was another recurring theme. Um, Ben Simmons, who, mm-hmm. who is not as marky as he once was, has Ron's one, Enzo and Cass at number two. He's so crazy about Enzo and Cass and AJ Styles at number three. The heel turn did not deter him. <laughs> he has Sasha at number four, John Cena at five, Ambrose, Owens, Lesnar at eight, a shocking entry at number nine by Ben Simmons, Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> he is. He's, is he in the Hall of Fame? Uh, no, no, he's going to be yet. in next year in Orlando. I guess so, is the idea. But I like that's a smart pick. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think that's that's a big money. That's a big money pick right there. And then also sort of a sort of a wild card, Becky Lynch at number ten for him, which is I I said on this podcast when I went to the house show in at Staples Center. Becky Lynch was the most over babyface on the roster, except for AJ Styles, and he's a heel. I can tell you who's on the bottom of my list in the entire roster, and that's Natalia. Don't draft her Ouch. at all. Wow. Wow. I, wow. We're coming strong here. I, just last night, uh, my so do I was not draft up list on SmackDown and Main Event and Superstars, and for, uh, Becky Lynch had a match both on Main Event and Superstars, and we had Natty on commentary. And Natty on commentary, here's what she's got in the tank for this feud she's got Becky's a doormat. She's got Becky needs to look into the mirror. She's got Becky has no friends, and she just recycles those. Also, you know, of course, she's a heart. Yeah. 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 Demon Kane over Natty. Yeah. Wow. I. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should have done so who's on the do Natty. not draft list. Yeah. Never draft Natty. Who is on? Are you? Are she? I think you're just getting worked. Her her, her heel shake really has you upset. No, because she wasn't good on commentary when she was face either. Um, Oof. Let's see, Steve I'm going in on Natty. Steve Kazee has Charlotte at number two. There's a lot of there's a and Sasha at number four. So Sasha wasn't left off his list, but Charlotte at number two is a really ballsy. I mean, is a really I don't ballsy is the wrong word, but is a really bold pick compared to some of these other ones. If Bill was the uh, the real GM, I could see him trading down for more picks. I feel oh like, absolutely like he would. You know what you you take, or if he had the number one pick, he would gladly take four he's learned all this stuff from his idol bill belichick yeah he would just trade back and back and then eventually just settle for like taking everybody in the cruiserweight classic and like charlotte and and Paige, and that's it that would be his roster there was (laughs) one really good uh and he would win the commentary thing on main event superstars which was david otunga being like ride or die for his uh, buddy curtis axel he's like he needs to leave the social outcast and he could be like a, a top draft pick i'm like Whoa. <laughs> They're former tag team champions. Otunga's been really good on the mic. I mean, on 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 the He's commentary. Could I hit like hit or miss on commentary? But like I I love that little bit of WWE continuity where he was like so like gung ho for Curtis Axel. He's like yeah. he needs to drop these losers so he can like achieve his potential. I'm like, oh, that's adorable. Yeah, that is, I mean, at least he remembers. I feel like exactly. JBL forgets that he had huge, huge uh, matches with these guys sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's totally true. I mean, they they bring back JBL's history. They've been doing that more and he more. Back, he brings up Ron Simmons. 
you have to like well, he the draft has been the draft has been really big for JBL because that's when he when the APA mm-hmm. was broken up was during the original draft. Right. So that's when JBL <laughs> began. But I but but that goes back to the point that that we've kind of been making on and off. They're taking the draft really seriously and they're trying to hype it up like a real sporting event. And they keep by referencing history that helps by uh, by taking this kind of like people making brackets and you know sites mm-hmm. talking about it really seriously um, that helps. Uh, my old buddies uh, Peter Rosenberg and uh, Brian Campbell did, did a back and forth mock draft on ESPN, um, which I'm sure WWE is just like absolutely insane for. You know, yeah. I mean, they went. Peter, by the way, went all in on like drafting the show he wants to draft instead of just ranking the people for like mm-hmm. talent wise. But I think that that's totally legit. I mean, I think that there are a lot of different ways you can go about looking at this, and that's what makes it really, really interesting to me. Um, Dan St. Germain, before we get to, before we get off the specific list, Dan St. Germain, did I say has Jim Johnson number one? Oh, yeah. That was the, that's his really, that, that was his ballsy pick. And I think that it was, uh, that, that's definitely worth the number one spot if you're, if you're going to go that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, they're, they're, like I said, the interesting thing is the way that the same, about 12 or 15 people just came up where this people were every single list. And it doesn't, when when you're when everybody's top when every when everybody can agree on the top twelve or top fifteen, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit nervous about how this brand split's going to go all of a sudden. How great is Hopefully it? Hopefully, it will affect people's worth in a positive fashion. Hopefully, we'll be talking about you know with, I mean I've said it keeps saying but like the Miz and Dolph Ziggler and guys like that will be it will be given a chance to elevate their 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 place. I mean, elevate their stat their stature, right? I really hope they don't break up Brizongo. That's something I really care about, actually. I think it would be insane if any of these tag teams that have just formed, or you know, that are I mean, this, a tag break team up like Golden that that's Truth, just formed. just to see the ridiculous video package of all their greatest hits. They should just draft Golden Truth to superstars, even though <laughs> they're not part of the draft. Let's just make that official. Just just to get the the reaction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, WWE probably very happy. Everyone's top ten just filled with NXT guys. Wow, that's a really you good know, point. And AJ Styles, but yeah, but you got to have AJ Styles. You know, I mean, you got like he like he's he is one of the most important hires they've made because he came from outside of the outside of the system. You know, um, and the new. I mean, I guess the new day isn't all NXT guys, but but certainly WWE guys. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, Owens. Uh, Again, I'm kind of surprised there was no Sami Zayn on here, but but like you know, Owens is 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 a is much more a indie guy, obviously than than you know even Dean Ambrose is, just because of the amount of time Ambrose has been a WWE guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is it's interesting how some people come in and just sort of keep their indie gimmick. Kevin Owens is a little. I mean, obviously there are a lot. There have been a handful of tweaks, but I but I I will never see Owens as a fully WWE guy. Whereas I'll see you know like Finn Balor just seems so like so much like a WWE guy despite spending all the years mm-hmm. wrestling the world. Um, but yeah, I mean part of that's just his gimmick. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how they do it, how they treat the draft itself. It's probably going to be really gratingly like a, like a ripoff of ESPN, but. That's not a bad thing. I mean, I, I don't know how I would do it if I were them. I th- I'm gonna, I'm gonna be excited and like repulsed at the same time. I'm sure during the whole presentation. Well, <laughs> Classic WWE. What yeah. a, what a terrible pick! <laughs> like, 
Yeah, do you think they're going to be getting running commentary? Oh God! You, I would, I would think they have that. They have the the desk where they that they use for pay per views. You know, for like the the halftime show or the the pregame show or whatever. Mm-hmm. That is exactly like it's basically the same desk where they put Mel Kiper during the NFL draft, right? Yeah. So why not just go all in and just have a running commentary? I I, I would think that's probably what was going to happen, but I, I w- they'll probably take breaks in between picks. I mean, yeah, to show like our truth and Gold Dust talking backstage. Like it's yeah. going to be hammy, which is. Um, you know, it's not. I don't know. It's. It'll be interesting to see. Also, if we get more of a split in tone between the two shows, I know that WWE has been working diligently behind the scenes at figuring out how to make the two shows feel very different. I mean, SmackDown's Separate. already kind of getting there just with their, like, uh, B-roll they're showing, like, at the beginning of the shows now. Just, yeah, they're yeah. trying some stuff out. I will say that, that I don't think there's been any serious talk of splitting up creative teams or splitting up show running. Vince is back on the road. To, he's going to be sitting gorilla at SmackDown, as far as I know. Um, and, and, I mean, not not to get too nerdy about this, but who knows? The Tuesday night show not going up against Monday Night Football may do, you know, slightly better. Well, not better than Raw, but... Yeah, I mean, they were talking about ratings, right? Weren't Shane, wasn't Vince talking about ratings to Shane yeah, and Stephanie when he announced that Shane was... competing ratings, too, yeah. Um, and I think that they're really going to go in with that. Like, they're, they're, they're not going to maybe not say state the ratings on the air, but I think that they're, they're, they're trying to kind of shoot that part. And, and it's... it's uh, I was saying this to LaToya before. It's a little bit weird because most wrestling fans are, not, are probably not Nielsen households. So I don't really know how they're going to, like, exactly, I mean, I don't know if that's going to feel right. But, like, it would be nice if there were some way that WWE fans could, like, legitimately vote or something without it being, you know, just oh, a total shame. I'm sure WWE will tell you when they're back coming back from commercial. But the no, that's what I mean. Yeah. I wish there were more of a, I wish there were a legitimate way to gauge, mm-hmm. like, what, if you subscribe to the, the WWE Network to gauge what shows you're actually watching live every yeah. week or something. Because that would be really interesting. But see, the fear is if uh, SmackDown does do well in the ratings, will they do that classic WWE thing where it's like, well, SmackDown ratings are getting better. Let's gut their roster and put them back on Raw to see if that helps. Because that's kind of what got us this last, uh, That's the that was the Raw Super Show era, yeah. basically. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, listen, it, the there were they were gutted. They gutted SmackDown every year in the expansion or in the whatever, the draft. Mm-hmm. And then... Eventually, the whole thing came tumbling down because John Cena was too big of a star to not have on every pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't know why they're, they're keeping all the pay-per-view separate, but we haven't actually, we don't know if that's true or not. That, that, that remains to be seen, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt until then. We won't know really until like they actually happen. Yeah. WWE. Um, is there anybody else on your, on your do not draft list, LaToya? Titus O'Neil. <laughs> really? I do not like Titus O'Neil. Sorry, Titus. I know he's clearly listening. Uh, but, yeah, I he's on that list of just like, I don't want you here anymore. Like, outside of primetime players, Titus has never done anything for me. And now we have, you know, Darren Young being great again. So Titus is really doing that. Someone tweeted me. me about this that just, just yesterday, or at least I, resp- I just saw the tweet yesterday. About how kind of and I and I I responded, so I'm going to conflate what he said and what I said because I don't even remember. But it's so weirdly <laughs> reassuring that we you, that you have Darren Young who is gay and black and he's being presented as just the all American man. I mean, it's a little bit of, there's a little bit of irony in the character, but like he's just like it's 
it's so crazy that it's that neither of those things are part of his gimmick, you know, and it and it's and it feels great in a weird way. It's just a minor thing. He's probably going to lose the Miz at the pay per view and get repackaged again in six months. But um, this is a this is this feels like the right gimmick for Darren Young, and I'm yeah. excited to see it. I'm excited to see them give it a little. I mean, who I'm knows, glad man? They didn't like already botch it all up uh, with the battle royal on Monday. I'm like, that was his debut, right? Yeah. That was the and that was yeah. the real throwaway. That's a weird way to. Anytime somebody gets promo segments or gets vignettes and then debuts like as an afterthought in a match, you get real nervous because that's yeah. Hmm. I was oh, I was oh no, he doesn't even get an entrance like Apollo Cruz did. I was so worried Apollo Cruz was going to win. Wait, because... where is Apollo Cruz? If you if you have a fifty person, if you have a if you draft everybody, <laughs> he's not on my do not draft list. I'll tell. Where where where, where roughly do you think Apollo I don't Cruz even know is at this point? Because I think he was called up too early, and I think. He's slowly losing stock. But you're running. You're running the show. You can do whatever you want to with him. Draft he, based on potential. Somewhere He'll after be the, the bottom half, I think. Yeah, after the other Wyatt brothers, I, I would have. Somewhere. He's after Eric. He's after Braun Strowman. Strowman. Well, have you seen Strowman's yeah. body lately? You didn't see him in, at the Wyatt compound. We don't. We don't talk about <laughs> that. <laughs> Can I, can I draft broken you, Matt Hardy? Can I ask a real... Yes. Can I... Yeah. I, the the non-WWE list gets really interesting, and I think I'll probably mention that in my column later this week, but um, for, w- before we get off the subject, do you think Braun Strowman losing his shirt at the Wyatt compound <laughs> will mean that he is now shirtless on the when he appears in the ring? Man... This is why your brain. I th- I, my God! I this, the, for, some re- for some reason, for some reason, for some reason, I felt his shirtlessness was very conspicuous. Everybody else can manage to keep their clothes on. Um, uh, that just might be a weird compound thing he has, but he just hangs out in like in like swim trunks, and that's it all the I time. I mean, you you do what you got to do when you, you know you're trying to kill black people with axes on your compound. Yeah, Listen, they they happens. showed up. Okay, they like they came. They started that fight. Well, at least they they showed up for I that. I mean, fight. they said the new, it, that the white family smelled, so it was on. It was like True Detective season three. Um, that, I want that whole vignette. Okay, so you you both you both have you both have Cruz in the bottom half. Yeah, man, mm-hmm. I think he's. I think man, I still think I'd, I'd find a way to get him into my top twenty, but we'll we we'll see. Um, where is Baron Corbin on anybody's do not draft list? Nah, Mm-mm. he might. He's might okay. Also, be in the bottom half, but like. He's not on my do not draft. Yeah. How many people here? I'm gonna guess for the for like the eight top tens that I gathered, at least half of them had Cesaro on them at one point, and now none of them have like, Cesaro. Like I said, on it them. was between Kevin Owens and Cesaro. Yeah. So you. So yeah. You. So he's he's close for you. Mm-hmm. You're right. No, Cesaro. I had him as high as seven, and then but Lana coming with Rusev. Yeah, I think that's actually a really that, that's not a bad call, and I was surprised we didn't see more Rusev. Although I, it's my fault because I'm a big Rusev supporter, and he didn't make my list. Yeah. Um, it was Rusev and Miz, and going back to my do not draft list, like when Titus's feud with Rusev, like a lot of his arguments, like because you know America, we fight, and he would constantly challenge Rusev to a match when Rusev would have just like cleanly won a match. I'm like, why am I supposed to be supporting this guy over the one who just? valiantly crushed his opponent because Rusev, for the most part, he doesn't do the heel, like, cheating thing. He wins clean, and then he's, like, super aggressive, but... That's just kind of wrestling. All right, we gotta gotta wrap this show up. I gotta... We we gotta run out of here really soon, but really quickly, where is Dolph Ziggler on your list? Top half? He's... he's, he's Is he in the top 15? 
No. 25. He's, he's so, 25. Uh, top 20, 25. I think the top 25 starts get If he's at 25, that becomes second half. Shoemaker. Well, no, he's, he's top 20, I'd say, for me. Shoemaker, I want you to get Vince's do not draft list because I bet that is a real list. Yeah. Vince's, I should just write that whether I should just make it up. Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan was now on that list. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wonder where Donald Trump lands on the list. <laughs> I would a, lo- that's the list I want to see. If they could get him in the ring, I bet they would. I mean, he's he uh, obviously he's he he, he gets ratings. Donald. So these ratings, it's going to be interesting to watch the ratings and to see if how much they really pay attention to it. On, tonight on Monday Night Raw, we get they they they're going to announce who the commissioners are or who the sorry who the, the general GMs, managers yeah. are underneath the McMahons. Um, they're going to serve very important roles of allowing Steph- Stephanie and Shane to take regular vacations, um, which, you know, is a, I'm sure is a very going concern for the McMahon family. Um, but yeah, uh, it'll be, it'll be really interesting. Thank you guys for stopping by and for giving me your draft picks and for, uh, putting your, putting yourself out there to get ridiculed by Twitter. Natty, and- I'm, I, Natty, you, you're on my list. I, I, I want to, I want to throw that out there. <laughs> Under the bus, yeah, what you're doing. maybe 67, 60, but you're somewhere on that on the list. All right, oh, we so we got we've got an official, we got a guarantee from Joel Solomon over here. Natty <laughs> doesn't even have to work out for other teams, he can he's definitely going to take her, uh, at least at some point in the I think later you need rounds. To look into the mirror oh. because <laughs> you're clearly a doormat with no friends, sure, yeah. I would say, <laughs> because she's uh, a heart. That is, uh, that is it's it's hard, hard to hear, but it's true, Joel. So, anyway, right. um. Guys, enjoy the draft. I hope this podcast is some fun. I'll have some more pieces later, uh, or I have a piece later this week, but our top tens are on the ringer uh, right now, so go check them out. And now on the other line, as my co-hosts say goodbye, we have a very special guest. It's The Miz uh, calling in from his, uh, presum- his, his hotel room somewhere in parts unknown. Well, let's jump right into this, man. Uh, we, got a, we got the WWE draft coming up tomorrow. Uh, we're recording this on Monday. I guess it'll be up the same day. I now I don't know, Miz. You and I don't know each other that well, but I do know that you're like a legitimate sports fan. So, like, you know, I, I'm sure that you're obsessed with the NBA draft, with the NFL draft. Like, what, how, what, what is the like? How excited are you right now for the WWE draft, just as a sports fan? really excited you know i've been through two of these drafts before you know about i think like five or six years ago we stopped doing the draft uh but i was involved with two of them and it changes not only your life but your career it changes everything uh your whole landscape uh just changes because superstars go to different brands you never know who's going to be at which brand and who what competition you're going to have um and you don't know where you're getting drafted like legit i remember being uh at home and it was called it was a supplemental draft it was the day after the draft and and they were gonna draft a couple other people on wwe.com and i was one of those people so a bunch of my friends called me and texted me and said hey check out wwe.com you got drafted and i go wait a second shouldn't wwe be the one telling me that i'm drafted not not my friends telling me online that they found out that i got drafted so my friends found out that i was drafted before i was and then the next year uh I got drafted while I was in the WWE ring, and it was like I was in a tag team. We were doing really, really well, and I got drafted, but he didn't. So we got drafted different, different spots. So it was one of those situations where, you know, you never know where you're going to be or who's going to go with you, and it, it creates an excitement for every superstar out there. Yeah, I mean, how much does that affect? How much does that affect your like your actual work life if you got if you if, you know, if you're on Raw versus SmackDown when you get picked on a different show does that change your travel schedule and stuff does that absolutely does... our entire travel schedule uh, changes 
um, everything changes for you. Um, you know, if you're on if you're on SmackDown, uh, you know now you'll probably be working Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. You know, if you're on if you're on Raw, you'll be working Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Not to mention all the the media days that we have, and and if you have movies or any any kind of television appearances or anything like that. You know, there, there's so much that goes involved with uh, with with a draft and, and with with your life, and um, so that's it changes everything. It really, really does. Well, I don't want to get too far away from the draft, but when you're talking about like your life getting shaken up, it must be. I mean, on a personal level for you, it must be a little bit easier now that you're like that your that your wife is is traveling with you. I assume, right? I mean, she's yeah, she's, I missed her so much. Well, the the years that she wasn't with WWE, I missed her so much. You know, we've been together for a long time, uh, married for almost three years now, but we've been together for almost ten. And uh, she's a you know she's you know she's kind of like my rock. You know, she's my best friend. And so when you know you're you're sitting there talking to each other on FaceTime or 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 over the phone, it's it's not enough. You know, you want that physical connection. You want to hug. You want to kiss. You want to you want to see them physically. And now that I get to have her on the road with me, you know, be by my side. You know, you know, in my corner while I'm wrestling in the ring, it brings a whole new confidence to me, and it makes my whole life uh, just easier and better. And I think that's why you've seen a resurgence uh, of of my abilities and uh, me just basically becoming the Intercontinental Champion and keeping the title for now. What's now 105 days, which is unheard of nowadays because usually people lose them in a day just as Zack Ryder <laughs> um, well I mean as a like as a obviously a longtime fan I'm happy to have Maurice back too because she's like one she's she she gets a reaction from a crowd that few other people can uh, can can emulate um, couldn't agree with you more she's she's one beautiful beautiful person inside and out so we, you know we just went through some of our some of the the ringer staff uh, top ten picks. Now, I'm not. I assume that if you were making, if you were, if you made a top ten list, and you, then the Miz would be number one. But uh, yeah, I should be number one on every one of your lists. What, Name what? any other superstar that has been in five WWE studio films that, that has his own talk show that can do commentary that does all the media whenever, wherever, and is the current Intercontinental Champion. You can't name one. You want to know why? Because there is only one, and it is me, and that's why I should be the number one draft pick on all of your boards. Okay, you make a strong case, and uh, and I'm moving you up my draft board as we speak. Um, who else? Do you, who else is in your top five? Like, who are some other people that you think you know based yeah, on the last? All the champions. What? You know, if you if you're on a um, if, you, if if I'm a commissioner, if I'm Stephanie McMahon, or if I'm Shane McMahon. You know, I'm looking for champions. I want champions first because no matter what, you're always you can always have that championship match that you can plug that you can put on your show. You know, you look you look at the the, the new day as the current WWE World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. I mean, you'll get three people. You know, if you just if you take them, you know, you got Dean Ambrose, you got myself, you got Charlotte as the women's uh, champion. You know, you go up to champions first. That's first and foremost because the championships mean something in this company. Uh, no matter if you know, a lot of people, critics out there, will say, oh, this is, or this or that about the titles. But the fact is, in this company, the titles really do mean something. Um, and you think the title and the titles are going to be the titles are going to be held down by the shows they get drafted to? Is that is that what you're hearing on the inside? I, pretty, I, you know what? I know as much as you. I know all the the rules. I know are on WWE.com, and that is that Raw has the first overall pick. 
SmackDown Live is a two-hour show, so it gets two picks. Raw is a three-hour show. It gets three picks. Tag teams count as one pick unless a general manager or commissioner specifically only wants one member of the team. And six draft picks will be made off the NXT roster. So people that you've never seen before will be drafted into WWE SmackDown or Raw. So the fact is, those are the rules I know. That's all I know. And I wish I knew more. I wish I could give you more. But that's, I mean, they're keeping this very secretive. Well, okay, so how, like, you are of, you know, when, when, when I was going through my top tens with my co-hosts, with my co-workers, um, we, the, the hardest thing to decide for us was how to rank, um, like, the number of dates you're available to work. Like, how does Brock Lesnar, who wrestles, you know, four times a year, stack up against, you know, Seth Rollins, or The Miz, someone who's there night in and night out, uh, like... Put yourself as the, as the commissioner. What would you want? Well... I think you want a little bit of both, right? But how? But what? Of course. At you, you Brock as a guy Lesnar who's there all the huge, time. What do you huge think? Huge entity in and everything, you know, as well as you know, you know, the Undertakers and and uh, you know, the, there's 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 a lot of people out there that are that those are those are more key matches. You know what I mean? That you need to have. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, like, there's all you know. We always hear these rumors of wrestlers that are upset when when a, when a part timer comes in and is headlining when they should be. You know when they should when they put in all the all the blood sweat and tears every night. I mean, do you, I, I I get that, that. I don't get mad at that stuff. You know, like when The Rock comes back at WrestleMania, uh, I always look at it as an opportunity to for more people to see my abilities because I think people are going to watch the show because Rock's there and those new people that watch the show from his movies and that kind of stuff that have become fans of his. You know, from his shows like Ballers and that kind of stuff. You know, I think they come to watch The Rock and then when they see The Rock, they see me. And if they see me, they might stay to watch me. So that I look at it as a new opportunity. That's a that's a good that's a good segue to just talking about the draft in general. I mean, I feel like a lot of people are talking about WWE right now because of the draft. Um, you know, there's also I mean, there's a, there's a lot of other reasons why it's been popping up in the news. But do you think that this brand split is going to help uh, drive internal competition? Do you think it's going to get more people into the product? Oh, I think I, th- I absolutely think so. I think it's one of those situations where you know the, the, we're always competitive uh, as WWE superstars. We're competitive with each other. We compete on every level, and it, it, it's it's one of those types of, of things with this this draft. You know, your draft pick. If you're not a high draft pick, you're angry. Like I'm just a competitive nature. If I'm not one of the top five picks, I'm going to be very, very angry because the fact is I'm an intercontinental champion and I do everything more than more than ninety percent. Uh, I'll even go ninety nine percent of the superstars out there. I do more than them. Uh, I work harder. I'm on every live event, every show. You know, I don't take days off. I'm never. You know, that that's just the thing. And so I think I deserve the number one traffic. I deserve a Von Miller type guaranteed contract. Uh, that's just that's just my mentality, and I think that's every. Superstars mentality. Everyone wants a high draft pick, and if you're not high draft pick, you're going to be very angry. Well, that that kind of sets the tone for the week, then, man. I'm really I'm really excited right. to see what happens. Before I let you go, I have to say, hey, I want to know what your top ten are. Oh man, uh, we'll we'll let. <laughs> I, no, you have to tell me. All Come right, on, mask man. Uh, I already said it on the show. I got Rollins at number one, New Day at number two, and that's just purely for, I mean, they're, all those guys are talented, but that's a that's a volume pick. Um, and then, you know, number three, I have Sasha Banks. It's a really interesting thing is that, you know, you're, you're, you're married to a former uh, women's champion or divas champion. Um, the, the women appearing on top 10 lists really regularly on the, and, and it's, and it's, uh, it's been, it's been, um, 
you know, sort of a sort of a change of culture, I think, a little bit to see to see some of to see some of these incredibly talented female performers get get the credit they deserve. I could agree with you more, and they're, they're really shaping up and really doing a great job. You know, her, Charlotte, um, you know, have really, uh, you know, taken this the WWE by storm and really have done a great job. You know, my wife coming in and uh, has really helped my career out. So it's just one of those situations. Um, that's yeah. That's that. I, I couldn't. I couldn't agree with you more. Listen, I, I'll give you my top ten list in a second. But before I get there. Um, this is Cleveland Week on the Ringer.com. We're having a special theme week dedicated to the city of Cleveland. Um, well, it's about time we get all this recognition. I went to the ESPYs, and literally, I was like, everything was Cleveland. I was, I've never been so prouder in my life of being a person from Cleveland. What is it? Has it been? Has it been tough to be a fan, to be like a Cleveland resident in the, in the sports world growing up? Oh my like, God, are you kidding me? <laughs> Do you even need to ask that question? Do you have any idea how hard it is to be uh, a Cleveland fan? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going back in the days of, of, of Bernie Kosar, and you know, when I was a child, and and. And, and Mark Price, and when the, you know when the teams were actually good, and then going through a huge just slump when we got like Sean Kemp when he was you know out of shape, and then we got like 45 million quarterbacks. You know the Indians, you know, are always up and down. They're kind of like that that 500 team. But this year, this is the year for the Indians. They're really taking control and really, uh, really doing great in the pitching as well as hitting, and it's fun to watch. Did you have any embarrassing Cleveland Browns quarterback jerseys in your closet? Like, was there anybody that you? Uh, I, I refuse to buy uh, a a Browns jersey that has any uh, Browns name on it. The reason <laughs> being is they always the best players always get traded or they leave or 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 they they end up not being what they were supposed to be. Like I remember, I was gonna I was gonna I was like I'm gonna buy a Trent Richardson jersey. And I was like uh, I'll wait I'll wait uh, two years and then we'll see. And then he gets traded. I go okay I'm guess I'm not buying that. One. Then I was like, I'll buy a Manziel jersey. I was like, oh, well, good thing I didn't buy that one. And I'll, I'll buy a Josh Gordon jersey. Yep, not going to buy that one. You know what I mean? It's like our superstars, something always happens to them. You know? uh, so I think I'm going to stick with uh, just putting something else on the, on, the, uh, on, the, uh, on the back until someone can prove to me that they're not just a one-hit wonder, that they're not just there for one year. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, with Kevin Durant's free agency, all that stuff just happened. Like, there are all these fan bases around the country that, that just convince themselves on a daily basis that they're about to get Kevin Durant or that they're, like, they're going to win the championship this year regardless. It's kind of incredible that you as a Cleveland Browns fan were going in the total opposite direction and, like, not even buying jerseys because you, were, because you knew you were going to lose the guy or he was going to get hurt. Yeah, I mean, that, that kind of happens all the time with us. I mean, so many different things have happened, and just to have that pure moment of the NBA Finals and LeBron coming back and, and, and taking us to where we needed to be. He said, listen, I needed to go to Miami to find out what a winning franchise is, and I'm going to bring a winning franchise back. I'm going to bring out back all the information I learned and take it to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he did exactly that. And I thank him because I was one of those people that was very angry with LeBron when he left but when he wrote that note it made me understand why he did it and uh and i'm so happy to be uh you know from cleveland because it's it's one we waited a long time for that moment and that moment was sheer bliss what the you know you thankfully you don't have to like pick another city to live in and like turn your back on on cleveland you get to be a cleveland guy no matter where wwe travel takes you 
Um, you also got Dolph Ziggler on the roster, who's a Cleveland guy, and now Johnny Gargano is sitting there, is is working down at NXT. What's in what What's in the Cleveland water that uh, that that's, that produces these the that produces three at least really great ring work ethic. You know, I think we are the type of people that are always trying to prove ourselves to everyone. You know, everyone always calls us the mistake on the lake. Everyone always makes fun of, uh, you know, the Browns, the Cavs, the, uh, you know, the Indians, you know, they, they're always, you know, knocking us down. Uh, but, but we always get up and it makes us work harder for it. And I think that's what it is. So keep, keep, keep naysaying us, keep telling, hating on us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all the social media that you want and all the, all the critics can write blogs about it all they want, but the fact is it just makes us work harder, all that hate. And I'd rather them hate me than hate, you know, a kid in high school, you know, that, that's just trying to, you know, live his life. So hate on me all you want. I can take it. Um, well, good. I mean, listen, the ringer is going to be kind of nice to Cleveland this week, but I'm sure we'll go back to hating it next week. Um, and as I really, long as, you, as long as we get one week, thank you for one week. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Cleveland has definitely earned it. Um, I appreciate you coming on the, coming on the show today, Miz. Uh, this is uh, your, your insights have been in, into the draft. Were, were, were really, really cool. And just for the record, the last five picks on my draft board were, were four of them were Miz and one of them was Maurice. So, um, so you guys are set up. Well, uh, you know, I should be number one in your list, uh, but I'll forgive you because obviously you didn't talk to me. Now I imagine I've, I've, I've changed your mind, and now Seth Rollins is no longer number one and that The Miz is because I basically have told you all my accolades that Seth Rollins doesn't have. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I would start a promotion with you as my, uh, as my number one guy any day of the week. Um, Thank you. I'm glad to see that WWE is finally giving you a little bit of opportunity to be, to be The Miz that we all know you can be. And uh, and good luck uh, going forward, whether it be on Raw or SmackDown. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. It's gonna be awesome. We'll see you at the draft. Enjoy and have fun and watch everyone's lives change <laughs> as WWE superstars. You're gonna see real reactions uh, on on SmackDown Live. So enjoy it, have fun, and uh, thank you very much. Tell Bill Simmons I said hello, and that the next time he better be on this bad boy. All right, man. I'll make it happen. Thanks again. All right, later. Thanks for listening to the Masked Man Show. Thanks to The Miz. Thanks to LaToya and Joel. Uh, get ready for the draft, guys. Check out our draft boards on on uh, theringer.com. Buy the merch. Uh, and uh, let me know what you guys think. Have a good week, humanoids.